If I read in a sales letter online, sometimes it can have all the right elements to it, but it still leaves me a bit cold. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, yeah, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. It's time for episode 52 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover tactics and strategies to increase your email profits 25 to 100% in 90 days or less without spending more on advertising. Today, I'll be talking to an old friend. Michael Silk is his name. He was on the podcast a good few episodes ago. I think it was about 10 episodes ago. And we talked about fun emails and how he's writing emails for a high seven or low eight-figure company. So they're doing a ton of volume there. And uh, that was the original episode. And uh, you can check that out at themcmethod.com slash, I think that's 42. Let me check that. Yep, that's themcmethod.com slash 42 for that episode. Now today, instead of the specific like formulas and all that nitty-gritty stuff, we take a bit of a free-flowing episode and we talk about marketing intent and how just writing out benefits is not enough, okay? That you have to understand exactly what the right benefit is that you might say, losing weight is going to help you spend more time with your family. But if your prospect doesn't actually care about spending time with their family, then that benefits you know, a waste of space. So we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about how explaining the mechanism involved in uh, your solution makes it way more believable. So that's called cause marketing, where you might explain the cause behind something. So explain why someone can't lose weight, what's going on inside their body. Right? It makes whatever solution you offer after that much more believable. To get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 52. Now I've got a couple reviews to read out. I'll get through these real quick and then we'll get into the show. Terry Dunlap says, want real results? Then listen. It's five stars. I implemented John's ideas from his podcast when I launched my physical product. My bottom line is living proof his stuff works. Thanks to John and his guests, I now have a successful, profitable e-commerce business shipping a physical product. Thanks so much, John. Now, Terry sent me an email with his results and they were absolutely fantastic. And the great thing, the thing that really made me smile and made my days, he said a lot of it's just due to, the, to all these podcasts that he's listened to and gotten all sorts of ideas about. So I can't reveal his numbers. But he's crushing it. And according to him, a lot of it's due to listening to the email marketing podcast. So if this is the first episode you've listened to or you've only listened to a few, go back into the archives. There's 52 episodes now, one episode for every week of the past year. And uh, somewhere in there, you're going to find a recipe to make a whole ton of money in your business. One more review. Rachel from the United Kingdom says, great info in the podcast. Very helpful stuff, John. Very helpful stuff. That's a very quick review. And then I've got one more from MJC in Surftown from the United States. Five stars, best advice and help with list building. John is the man for email marketing and autoresponders. If you want to build a list fast and skip the BS, John's your man. And that's why he's called the autoresponder guy. So stop wasting time and follow John's advice. Also, killer guests each week. Thanks for the feedback, MJC. So I I love getting reviews. I've said this plenty of times before. It really makes my day. puts a huge smile on my face and makes all this worthwhile. So uh, if you have a spare moment, jump over to iTunes, search for the email marketing podcast or just make method and you will find the show and uh, you can leave a review there. Tell me what you like, what you don't like, any guests that you want to see on anything that comes to mind and I will owe you a huge high five and if you ever come to Thailand, I'll even buy you coffee. Okay, that's it from me for now. Let's get into this interview with uh, Michael Silk. 
It's Joel McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with a guest who's been on the podcast before. His name is Michael Silk, and he originally came on to talk about how he wrote fun emails for a bunch of different companies. One of them was doing a high seven to eight figures, and that podcast episode was all about these fun emails, which was uh, fun, unusual, and they get noticed. So if you want to check that out, you can go to themcmethod.com slash 42. So in that episode, you can get an intro or a background on who Michael is and what he does. He's a copywriter, a damn good one, and he's got some really interesting ideas. But today, instead of kind of going into formulas. We're talking about a bit about this before the call. So the f- idea of fun, that's a bit of a formula. Today, wanted to talk a bit about why formulas aren't, uh, well, they're just not everything you need. You know, there's a little bit more. We'll get into that. We're going to talk about a few different things. And this is more of a free-flowing podcast. I've done a few of these in the past and uh, I have no idea where they're going to end up. So we're just going to have some fun. How are you doing today, Michael? Yeah, I'm very good. Uh, thanks, John. Yeah, thank you. Good to have you back. Yeah, good to be on. And we'll just see where this podcast goes. And I'm sure some good ideas will come out of it and uh, hope to bring a lot of value to it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's talk about these formulas. Just before I hit the record button, we're talking about how a lot of people are out there teaching formulas. And there's nothing wrong with formulas. But you made an interesting point about why, well, basically why you don't want to talk too much about formulas. You think there's some more important things. So can you uh, wrap on that for a little bit? Yeah. First of all, I know your podcast is mostly directed at people writing email copy. Hmm. And I should just sort of mention that although I do write email copy, I, I don't see myself through the lens of just an email marketing copywriter. I write sales letters. I do write email uh, copy. I have to write for video sales letters. And so I just see I come to the conversation, as it were, with more of an overall perspective. So first off off the bat, I, I'm not sort of um, dissing any any formulas. I gave you that fun formula our last podcast and all of all of those are useful but what um i think you're we wanted to talk about today was there's i think there's a couple of things that are perhaps go a little bit deeper than the formulas and you know there's so many different sales formulas out there probably most people are familiar with the the ada formula and then there's the problem agitation solution and 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 there's lots of different marketers and copywriters they've all got their own kind of take on those and all of them are useful but Perhaps what's more useful is getting the right appeal to the market. And if I can just explain this for an example, there was, this is not based on myself, but this is based on another copywriter I know of. He was doing some work for some mortgage brokers, selling to mortgage brokers, I believe it was. Now, let's say that this copywriter had followed the very best formula out there. Some copywriter or marketer come up with the de facto sales formula and he had followed it to a T, okay? And in his sales letter, he covered all of those elements, the components of that de facto formula that is the very best sales formula out there. And he wrote to those, his target market was the mortgage brokers. It was all about getting more clients, okay? Hmm. What he found is, is that when he mentioned getting more clients, the sales promotion didn't ever do as well as when he mentioned getting referrals. Every time he put in his marketing promotions about getting referrals, the the response spiked up. That's all of these mortgage brokers were interested in was referrals. Do you get what I'm saying there? The appeal was the referrals. He could mention getting more clients. He could mention getting paid higher fees. He could mention taking more time off. He could mention having more practices and so on and so forth. But all of that paled into comparison in terms of response compared to when he mentioned getting referrals. Yeah. Okay. So what so you're saying it's, is... It's all about the appeal. Right. So you could take, uh, you know, the best sales 
letter formula in the world and you could mm-hmm. fit any of the appeals in that marketplace into that sales letter. But what you're saying yeah. is, is that that doesn't actually matter. You could have the best formula in the world, but the formula is beside the point. What makes a sales letter convert is not the formula or the, the structure so much as the understanding that the key benefit I mean, this is one thing that I've tried to stress before is that people talk about benefits. That you should just go and write a list of benefits for the product. It's not just about benefits. It's about tapping into the right benefits because that's what we're talking about here, benefit or appeal, in that the benefit is, well, like you said, they're going to get more referrals or they're going to get more clients or they're going to have more time off. But the key thing is what benefit do they actually care about? What appeal is actually in the front of their minds when they think about their problem? Absolutely. It's the make or break thing. But again, and not to say that that sales formulas are not important. They have their place. I'm just saying that there is deeper stuff to look at. Okay. So I've talked about this a lot in my emails and my autoresponder, this idea that you need to have empathy and that without empathy, even the best, I mean, this is pretty much what we're saying here, is but even without empathy, without really understanding what the marketplace wants, the best copy in the world won't save you. So I have talked about with my audience things like surveys and going to Amazon and doing reviews and things like that. What specific things do you do to figure out the appeal when you're writing for yourself or you're writing for a client? Are there any go-to, I guess, tactics or strategies or do you sit down and visualize yourself in a chair opposite your prospect? Or, I mean, how do you do it? Again, it'd be nice to give a kind of like cookie cutter answer. And unfortunately, (laughs) you know, life's not always that simple. I think a lot of it for myself, it comes from conversing with the client. They've often got a more of a a better understanding of the type of person that, you know, their core clients, as it were, or their core customers. They have a better understanding of what they want. I'll give you an example of that. I write for a company that's involved in the hypnosis, hypnotherapy world. I wrote a promotion for them that I don't mind saying didn't work or didn't work to the extent that we were hoping it did. And I wrote the promotion for, it was very much aimed at people that are hypnotherapists and how to get more clients. A lot of their customer base, they don't actually want to be hypnotherapists. They just want to kind of be able to do a lot of cool stuff with hypnosis. So there was a mismatch, you see, and it wasn't until we went back and I kind of conversed more with the client that it was like, ah, you know, this letter would have worked in another arena, perhaps better than it did to their customer base. Okay. So when, when someone's sitting down to write an email or a sales letter or any sort of promotion or advertisement, the important thing is not so much the writing, not being the best writer in the world, but having the greatest understanding of the prospect. I've met plenty of people. It's funny. A couple of uh, my friends in this industry find this funny as well. When you hear about someone or you meet someone and they've never studied marketing, they've never sat down and written out sales letters by hand, they've never read any books or anything by Gary Halbert or any of these guys. They don't really know much about marketing, yet they have a business that's just raging. They are crushing it. And uh, while they might not understand marketing in, in the whole direct response fashion, what they do understand is that they have a very intimate understanding of what the marketplace wants. And that gives them a huge advantage over everyone else who sometimes I feel like, you know, like me or like, like some of my friends. We put so much emphasis on the marketing side of it, on being a good copywriter, when it seems like almost all of the battle is really just understanding what this main appeal is. What's the main thing that people want? Well, if you take a step back from it, John, and I think it's good advice for me as well, and it's good advice for everybody. If from the customer's point of view, from the buyer's point of view, or the prospect's point of view, how much do they understand about the marketing side of it? Probably not anything. What I'm saying is, is that they couldn't care less if you've got the best marketing system in place or you followed the very best sales formula. If you're not talking to them, if you're not communicating or connecting with them at a level that they resonate with, that's all they care about. 
Right. It's a bit like uh, kids. Yeah, you could say kids are fantastic sales in that uh, they know their parents so well that when they want to manipulate their parents to give them what they want, it just comes intuitively to them. They'll say stuff to their parents that just make the parents crumble. They've never been trained. No one's ever taught them how to be good at this, but what they do understand is exactly what's important to their mum or their dad, and that allows them to lead their you could say manipulate, but really just lead their mum and dad around, sell them on doing something or not doing something. So it's almost like if you can have, I guess, the magical eye to see what your prospects really wants, what the marketplace really, really wants, you don't even need to worry too much about having the best copy in the world. Absolutely. People want to feel that you're for real as well. They want to have an understanding that you've got their best interest at heart. So all of that's important. Another area I think that's important, John, that um, what I call uh, cause marketing, I don't mean attaching your marketing to a cause, as in a charity or a fundraising event, or you know, often that's uh, denoted as cause marketing. What I mean is, is coming up or finding the new or the hidden cause behind the problem that the market has. And I think instead of me kind of wrapping on and trying to explain this, if I give some examples, I think it will become very clear. Because if you can find the new, and when I say new, it may be the unknown cause. It may not actually be the new cause, but it may be a cause behind their problem that they've not been aware of. And if you can bring them to that to their attention and bring clarity around that, then that is also very powerful and can create some sales breakthroughs in and of itself. And again, all of these principles, I prefer to talk of them as principles as opposed to formulas, can be applied to email marketing or more traditional sales letters or website copy or even conversations, however you communicate with your market. So in any case, here's some examples of cause, what I mean by cause marketing. It used to be universally believed that stomach ulcers were caused by excess intestinal acid. And most of the products sold at alleviating stomach ulcers were based on the concept, on the precept, that they were going to reduce stomach acid, okay? Hmm. It was then discovered that stomach ulcers are in fact caused by too much of the wrong type of bacteria. Okay. So a company selling remedies to alleviate stomach ulcers, if they can educate and bring clarity to the situation and say, hey, your stomach ulcers are not caused by too much stomach acid, they're actually caused by the wrong type of intestinal bacteria. And the reason our product is so superior to all the other products on the market, because it actually targets the real underlying cause of stomach ulcers and blah, 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 you know, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So if you yourself or anyone listening had a stomach ulcer and they've been trying all of these different tablets and I mean, I don't even know what kind of things are that deal with that kind of stuff. But if they've been dealing with everything and they're going to the doctors, it's all been about stomach acid. And then all of a sudden they come across something that says, actually, it's caused by stomach bacteria. And this alleviates the problem by targeting the stomach bacteria. It's like, wow, why has nobody ever told me about that before? That's the answer. And if you can position your product or your solution as addressing that, where nobody else is, then it can give you a significant advantage in the sales marketplace. I'll give you another example. It used to be, or pretty much it still is, the university believed that cholesterol level is the most meaningful indicator of heart disease, whereas it is now becoming more common knowledge that the actual real underlying cause and best indicator of heart disease is something called your blood homocysteine level. So if you can come out with a product uh, like heart pill or you know or whatever mm. that actually educates the reader into you know 
cholesterol's not where it's at. It's, uh, it's actually you need to get your homocysteine levels checked and this product will reduce those. Then again, you can create a significant sales advantage for yourself. I'll give you another example. <laughs> this is actually from a real example. There was a company, a maintenance supply company in the United States that sells kind of utility maintenance goods to businesses. Things like, I, I don't know, all kind of maintenance stuff from brooms to probably uh, big industrial cleaners and everything like that. What was happening is is that they had accounts across the country with a number of businesses, but they were losing a lot of those accounts because the businesses were going more locally to buy maintenance supply equipment as and when they needed it. So the big centralized maintenance company that had been supplying businesses all across the country started to lose a lot of business because the, the businesses could buy more locally and buy cheaper. So they addressed this problem. They were able to show, they were able to go back to the businesses and say, look, you've closed your account with us, but hey, they were able to demonstrate this in graph format that a company buying its items locally could actually buy those items locally a lot cheaper as and when they wanted to. But when they factored in all of the, the disruption costs, the buying costs, the storage costs, and what these companies were tending to do, the businesses were tending to do, is that if they needed to replace one item, they tended, it's human nature, that you would buy like three items just in case, hmm. you know, we've got backup. So they were actually spending more over the course of the year. They would be able to buy the items more cheaply, but they weren't able to save money throughout the year. And the big centralized maintenance supply company was able to go back and demonstrate that they were actually causing themselves to spend more money. And they got a lot of these businesses to come on back on board and reopen their accounts. Because although they were able to buy the items cheaply, they weren't able to reduce their management costs of the buying, if that makes sense. That's a bit of a convoluted <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure what's going on here. Example, so they, they can buy them for, say, $10 at the big national warehouse guys, but then if they buy them from the local guys, they can buy it for, say, $8, which is a cheaper price. Yeah. So then what's the reason that they should go back to the big one? So if they're buying them, say, $8 locally, they can buy that item, obviously, cheaper. But when they've got to factor in the time that it costs, that it costs someone to actually go and make the purchase to uh, have the thing delivered – Companies were tending to buy, if they're going to buy one, we may as well buy two or three so we've got backups in future. Then they've got storage costs yeah. that they've got to take care of. All of these ancillary, quote-unquote, hidden costs all of a sudden start adding up. Though they can buy the item for, say, $8, it may in actual fact be costing them $15. Ah, okay. So the big centralized company was able to go back and show that actually – by buying from independent stores, they were actually causing themselves to spend more money. Okay, so then they had a promotion that went out that basically explained what was really going on, and then the people came back, okay. So to bring that back, this goes back to this idea of the cause. If you can see, I guess, into the problem better than your uh, prospect and explain it in a way that really, really makes sense, it's going to connect with them. I think a big part of the job of a quote-unquote copywriter or however you want to label yourself up as or an email marketing mm. person or marketer is to bring clarity to your target audience. And I think if you can be a source of clarity into what is for all of us a very cluttered world, there's so much information out there. But if you can kind of bring clarity around their situation and their problem, they immediately identify with you as somebody is having the solution for them. Mm. And that comes back again to you've mentioned the word empathy how do you, in practicality, demonstrate empathy? Well, you could be sitting where you are writing your promotion, feeling very kind of emphatic for your target market, 
but how does that actually transfer across to them? If you can bring clarity to the situation, all of a sudden you've already provided a service to them. Hmm. It's a bit like, um, you know, when you have a problem, a personal problem sometimes, and it helps to go and talk to, say, a really good friend about it. Because when, you, you know, you sit down, you go out with your friend for coffee and, you know, you start talking and you just kind of go into vent mode where you talk your way through the whole problem. And it, uh, sometimes the friend just listens, sometimes the friend's able to add a bit of perspective. But what you really walk away with from that conversation is clarity. It's kind of like the hard part about when you have problems. Like I, I found this when I'm, let's say, if I'm going about my day and uh, I'm used to having a lot of energy, which is pretty typical. If there's a day where you know I can't get out of bed or I crash and burn at, say, 3 p.m., it, it makes me really frustrated unless I know what's making me tired. If, if I go, oh, hang on, I ate uh, a plate of rice over lunch, that's going to be it. Then all of a sudden, there's no need to worry about it. But when I don't know what's going on or... Maybe I thought it was the plate of rice, so then I get rid of the plate of rice at lunch, but it still keeps happening. I'm frustrated, and it's annoying. But when I finally figure out what's going on, in comes that clarity, and I can relax now. Yeah, so you've still got the problem. It's happened to me yesterday. It's like I kind of crashed and burned a bit yesterday afternoon. It's like, oh, I've just felt really kind of... And then I thought, ah, two days before, I did like some really heavy weight training, and I've kind of correlated it now, but that really takes it out of me. It can kind of creep up on me. Straight after the workout, I feel really buzzed and alive. But then a day or two later, it really kind of, you know, and it's just like, ah, oh, the reason for that is that. And now I don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah. Okay. So if you can come in and explain to, basically give them clarity on what's going on with their problem, that's going to build an enormous amount of trust in what you're going to end up selling them. But clarity in a way that it identifies is the real cause behind what's happening. Yeah. Not clarity for the sake of clarity. Yeah, clarity with a purpose. Yes. So how would, I mean, <laughs> this would be an interesting topic, would be how would one go about finding or giving someone clarity? If let's say you're in a market and you're trying to sell something, you've got several competitors and you all seem to be saying the same thing more or less. So it sounds like it's worth kind of spending quite a decent chunk of time as well as I'm trying to understand your prospect, trying to look for different angles in the market that would give you kind of like a leg up on your competitors if you could walk in and you could explain something that no one else is explaining. And that's an interesting way of looking at it. If you could, for a USP or a unique approach, you could go in there and explain something that no one else is explaining. You might sell the same thing, but if you explain something that no one else has really touched on yet, and it's a bit of a pain point, that's going to be a big win. Absolutely. This is an area, John, that is not something that it takes thinking about. And I think well, this is what we're discovering through this conversation. It's not like a, just a ready-made answer to everything. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that you have to go a bit deeper with. And oftentimes, there's not ready-made answers like you can just pull out of a hat and, oh, I can use that ready-made answer to this. And, right. uh, you know, it does take a bit of investigation and a bit of introspective sometimes thought into it. And, you know, and some time, you know, you kind of have to circle the desk, as it were. But I think here's my take on it. Probably like you and probably like a lot of people listening to this recording or who will listen to it at some stage. If I read in a sales letter online, sometimes it can have all the right elements to it, but it still leaves me a bit cold. And it's like it's saying all the right things. And it's just kind of sometimes I can't quite put my finger on it. I just can't resonate in with me or something. I just don't feel comfortable parting with money for. It all sounds good, but 
I don't quite. This happened the other day, actually. This brings to mind something the other day. There was a program, a selling system being sold by somebody who is quite well known. So they have kind of a celebrity appeal and they have a selling system that they're currently promoting. And there wasn't a sales letter for it. It was actually kind of an interview webinar thing. And I watched it all. And it's strange. It was almost like I wanted to buy it, but then I didn't feel comfortable buying it. There was something lacking. There was something... And I think you're hearing, I don't know quite what it was. And the more I think about it, I think what it was is that I didn't understand the reason why it would work above and beyond any other system. I didn't understand the mechanics of it. So going back, if we tie this back where I was talking about the cause marketing or coming up with a quote unquote new cause behind the problem, that obviously can be quite difficult to do because sometimes there isn't another known cause behind the problem. You know, everybody knows what the cause is. You know, it's universally accepted, it's universally been proven or whatever, whatever. So everybody knows what the underlying cause of the problem is. And um, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head and I can't quite. But you get what I'm saying that, you know, there's no new cause you can come up with. But what you can do is that you can hallucinate on what you're selling. You want somebody to can kind of conceptually understand why the thing that you have actually works. Okay. so. For example, let me try and give an example, because then otherwise it's, I'm talking very kind of um, surface level. Let's say, for example, what should we talk about, John? Well, I'm thinking. Let's say, <laughs> say, let's say, let's say, okay, for the gym, okay? Yeah. Somebody that wants to put on muscle at the gym. There's so many different supplements out there. Put in, you know, protein shakes and muscle building supplements and so on and so forth. And they, nearly all of them, you know, say take basically the message is take this and you will gain X amount of muscle. Right, right, right. Perhaps in X amount of days, okay? Okay. I see where you're going with this. But personally, what I would want to see is like, show me why it would work. Don't just tell me that it will work. Don't just, I think this goes back again to you saying before about the benefits, you know, keep sort of all the, be- you know, okay, so you're going to get more muscle and you're going to look good and blah, 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 and you can reduce your fat and so on and so forth and you can be trained better and you can have more energy. Mm-hmm. And all of that is appealing stuff. All of that is kind of like, yes, I want all of that. So I want it, but I may not necessarily be comfortable buying it because I don't quite believe, I don't quite have the conceptual understanding, the clarity, why it would work. So if somebody can come along and communicate that, not necessarily in a very kind of anatomical, kind of biological way, but in in a way that perhaps uses analogies and so on and so forth, it's like you can paint a picture in someone's mind of like, oh, I get why that works now. I want the benefits. I now understand why it would work. I understand what causes it to work. I feel now feel comfortable buying it. So you've got the kind of the emotional side. Yes, I want those benefits, but the logical side's kind of like yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I, there's something holding me back. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. I can think of a few different examples, but maybe a couple of weeks ago, I saw some ads popping up on Facebook for a, another make money online product, a, a very niche one, but still very much just a you know make money online, and, and it looked the same the way they all look. Very hypey claims, very you know make X amount of dollars in X amount of time, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I read it for a bit. I always scan those things just to see what's going on. But I didn't buy it. Obviously, it's like, well, yeah, I want that. You know, I want to make you know ten million dollars in an hour and all that sort of stuff. But that's not going to happen. You know, you haven't told me how it's really going to do it. But then I uh, spoke to a friend today. He told me about not so much the product, but he explained that he was using a strategy to make money. And then he told me about the product. He told me about how it all worked, where how he was making money. And I was like, all right, that all makes sense. That's a great explanation. And then he mentioned the product that I'd seen a couple of weeks ago. 
And uh, finally, by that point, I knew what the product was offering. And then from him, I had the explanation of why the product worked. So, and then I went and bought the product because now it was like, well, hang on. Now you can back up those claims. Now I know how you're going to achieve those claims. That's an excellent example, yeah. I mean, another... You kind of conceptually understood the the mechanics behind it, the mechanics that would make it work, yeah. I mean, this is like when you get a six-pack or you lose X amount of weight or anything like that. But when you can explain that there's some recently discovered mechanism within the body that when you ingest, uh, you know, 100 milligrams of DHEA and vitamin D 30 minutes prior to bed, that has an effect on your, I don't know, who knows, digestive system, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, explain the whole scientific mechanism in layman's terms in a way that's very easy to understand. Perhaps like you explain it like a bicycle, how you put a chain on the, I don't know, I'm coming up with stuff. But you explain but you're doing it. A much better job. You're doing a much better job than me, John. <laughs> Yeah, you would take something, give it a good explanation, and then all of a sudden it's so much more believable. I mean, I've had fun with friends out, you know, sometimes we've been out drinking, and uh, I'll start off a story. A couple of my friends might, you know, they know what I do, they know that I write you know, stories like this for a living, and uh, I'll start telling a story. There might be a few people there that might not know what I do, and I'll tell a story about something, and I know that by telling the story and almost, it's kind of like speaking with a very authoritative tone as the claim or the result is kind of guaranteed and kind of here's how it works. Then you just explain it with a very serious voice with a, you know, make it interesting on why x is true most people will believe it they start nodding their head and they go oh they really they've got no idea whether to believe you or not it's absolutely incredible even if the explanation's absolutely crazy just the mere mm-hmm. fact that you have an explanation seems to yeah. uh, bolster their belief big time yeah and it comes back to that uh it was a jay abraham was it saying you know everyone's sign of secretly silently begging to be led you know again it's a way of kind of emphasizing leadership really getting an authority it's not like banging the drums kind of authority it's not talking down to anyone it's demonstrating authority by the way that you're able to come into a situation and again a kind of all of these things they sound like they're all different separate techniques but they're not they all kind of fit they all kind of weave together so again by being able to kind of demonstrate this authority and this the mechanics behind why something would work brings us back into the area of clarity you know provided clarity to the situation again and i think what ideally the holy grail is everybody to say yes to kind of what you're saying all the time and i think actually what you want is yes of course or ultimately you would like somebody to say yes to buying something from you but actually it's more profound to have actually somebody say ah i've never actually thought about it like that before Uh like huh here's what's coming to mind instead of just like relaying information to somebody to make the sales yeah you're communicating in such a way that the person is getting insight and when they have their own insight into what's being said they feel very much drawn to you and very much drawn to the mess and very much drawn to the product it's like their internal idea it's like i've discovered this nobody else knows this a and B together in my own mind. What's like you? Does that make sense? Oh yeah, you trigger. I guess you, you make people think differently about something. You give them a new perspective. Um, some people say it. Uh, you know, say what no one else is saying. So go into an industry and start calling. Don't call people out. I mean, it's not about being a douchebag, but it's say stuff in a way that no one else is saying and, and try and talk about stuff that no one else is talking about. And uh, I mean, I've seen this. You can see this with copywriting. I saw it recently with uh, something completely different. There's a site out there that sells um, stock videos. So that's where you might get a video of, you know, any of those videos you might see in an advertisement on television. This is the sort of company that does it. And now they created an ad for their website, which basically poked fun. And the ad was basically, uh, it was about, what was it? There's an ad where they, you know, have different words on the screen like vision and truth and progress. And then they'd have an image of a train in the background. And then the narrator was kind of just reading out 
explaining the mechanism of kind of like, oh, so we're trying to inspire people. So we're going to use forward thinking words like progress and like I said, vision and positivity. And, and these flash up where there's, you know, there's an image in the video of someone, you know, reaching their hands to the sky on top of a mountain with sunflowers all around. And the whole video was just poking fun at how companies use these stock videos to try and make a point and present themselves as some, you know, world changing company. So they're saying something that no one else is saying. It's kind of like poking fun at all these corporate companies. And uh, when you watch it, you can't help but think differently about the whole thing. All of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's totally right. Like, oh, I see what they're doing. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. The R effect. Ah. <laughs> cool. Man. All right. Well, uh, right on time here. Before we go, uh, give people a heads up about you know, where can they find you if they want to learn more and, uh, or, you know, or even hire you to work with you. Or where's the best place for them to go? I have a website online, which is my name, Consulting. So it's uh, michaelsilkconsulting.com. Consulting. Consulting, I-N-G.com, yeah. Okay, michaelsilkconsulting.com. That'll be in the show notes at themcmethod.com forward slash podcast. And uh, any other links to anything we mentioned in the show. Michael, thanks for coming on again. Oh, appreciate it, John. Yeah, thank you very much. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more. Oh,